Rhine performs 19 songs live on stage with Cincinnati Ballet Dancers in this exciting collaboration, April 29th through 30th at the Aronoff Center. Tickets at cballet.org or at 513-621-5282. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, the nation's public radio source for all the best and most up-to-date real estate tips, news, strategies, etc., etc., Speaking of real estate news, the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati meets tomorrow evening. That is Thursday, April the 21st. The early meeting for those of you who own rental properties or intend to own rental properties in the city of Cincinnati is how to get grant money for those properties to do lead abatement type projects such as replacing windows, doors, painting, etc. That is only for properties that are located within the city of Cincinnati and there are, as you can imagine, some other red tape entanglements that you must get past. But uh, hey, beyond that, it's free money from the government. Well, I guess no money from the government is free. It's all stolen from someone, but... uh, In any case, it is a a grant. Okay, that's the six o'clock early meeting. The main meeting at 730 is how to collect 110% of your rents. No, I did say 110% of your rents. And this isn't like, go give it 110% effort. This is actually 110% of the rent that is due to you. This is uh, hosted by uh, today's guest, Mitch Painter, uh, who is a longtime landlord and has management systems that allow him to not only collect his rents, but also the late fees. And that, of course, is how one gets to 110% rent collection. The meeting is, as always, open to the public, and you can attend by simply showing up at the corner of Seymour and Reading Road over there in the uh, Bond Hillish, Roselawnish area. Or you can get more information by going to CincinnatiRia.com. That's C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-R-E-I-A.com. And you can also give them a call at 859-292-RIA. It's 859-292-7342. RIA also has an upcoming event on the uh, 14th and 15th of May with last week's guest, Peter Fortunato. Uh, That is a two-day workshop taught entirely by Pete and also open to members and non-members both. Uh, you can get more information about that at CincinnatiRia.com as well. Now, my guest today is uh, actually uh, at a real estate meeting at this exact moment, and we don't expect him in for three or four more minutes. But I want to invite uh, any listeners with questions, uh, both for Mitch and for myself, to give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Really, any kind of question is probably one that we could uh, answer today because Mitch is not only a landlord, but also has a great deal of experience with rehabs. He has a very active flipping business. He owns apartments. He owns single-family homes. So any kind of question that you might have about real estate investing today, you can either give us a call at 772-9658 or at 
772-9658. Or of course, you can always send us questions at askvina at gmail.com. Now, if it sounds like I'm stretching a little bit right now, it's true because my email program just shut down and my questions, which I knew we had three or four saved up before the show, are in the email program. And uh, of course, once it does that, then it wants to think about, you know, the folder's been shut down wrong and now I've got to think about this for a little while and ah, it's back. We're good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we don't we don't have to take a break right this second because I actually got my questions uh, up here. Um, let's see. That is a question about a real estate association. Uh, there's a question here about um, Pete's show last week. That would be up on iTunes at this point, I would assume. It's funny. We have people out there who they listen on Wednesday and they don't know that we podcast. And we've got people who listen to the podcast and they think the show is a podcast. They don't listen live because they're like, oh, just wait till she sits in her basement and records it or whatever it is they think that I'm doing. Uh, yeah. So if you're listening to us on a podcast right now, the show is actually live from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesdays. So that's how people, that's how you hear people call in with questions and you hear me say, oh, we got an email. That's because we are actually live and actually on the radio. This isn't like one of those internet radio stations, which is another way of saying I'm just like talking into my computer. No, this is actually, you actually hear it on 89.3 if you're in the Cincinnati area. Uh, and for those of you who are the other way around and you, you don't know about the podcast, that is uh, also available on, on iTunes and you can listen to like the last, I don't know, hundred and... 100 or 150 shows. There's a lot of shows up there right now. Because we are actually, uh, we just passed last week, like the 15th anniversary of real life real estate investing. No champagne. I know. I know. Well, the champagne gets into the mics and it, you know, messes everything up. Uh, okay. So questions uh, that we're receiving here through the askbean at gmail.com site. Uh, I have one here that's actually very timely from Peter in Loganville, Georgia. He says, what are your feelings about transactional funding? Is this a legitimate way of flipping an REO property? Uh, and yeah, Peter, I'm going to take a second and explain to folks who have no idea what you're talking about when you say transactional funding, what that is. Um, <clears throat> transactional funding is a type of private lending that has only come around in about the last three to four years, mostly in response to the fact that double closings, which is what we largely used to do with REO properties and short sales, have become very, very difficult to do. It's, it's, it's uh, for, for a wide variety of reasons that we won't get into right now, it is difficult to find companies that will do double closings, which is where you would bring in uh, uh, your buyer and he would bring the money to the title company for you to buy the property and then you would sell the property to him. Okay, can't can't really do those too much anymore. So leave it to capitalism. If there's a problem and there's a profitable way to solve it, somebody's going to be able to solve it. Well, the, the solution that uh, came out of this whole need for money to close deals that were not assignable is called transactional funding. And uh, you, can, you also might have heard it called uh, 24-hour funding or one-day dough, and transactional funders are individuals or companies who have set up their business model in such a way that if you are a wholesaler and you need to buy a property so that you can immediately sell it, you've already got the buyer lined up, but you have to buy it because the contract is not assignable, these transactional funders will give you the money to do it. Now, they will only give you the money to do it for a few hours, so you, you already have to have the buyer not just lined up, but the buyer's money has to be in the title company's account before the transactional funder will wire in the money for you to buy the property. As you can imagine, there's some cost to that financing. And the cost, depending on which transactional funder you go to, is going to range somewhere loosely between 2 and 5% of the amount you borrowed. So let's think about this for a minute. Let's say you live in a more expensive market where a junker property uh, is going to be one that you can buy for 100000 and sell for 120000 to a to an investor. You're going to pay $5,000 to borrow the $100,000 
for less than 24 hours. Annualize that. That's like 1,500% interest, isn't it? So a lot of folks have this the same issue with transactional funding that they do with hard money lending, which is they say, oh my gosh, I'm not paying that. I, that's, that's ridiculous. That's serious. People shouldn't be allowed to charge that much money. Okay, now put on your capitalist hat and say, A, they should be able to charge business people what the market can bear. And B, so you just spent 5000 to make 20 versus not having the money and making nothing. So yes, do I think it's a legitimate way to flip REOs? It's legal. There's, a, there's absolutely no problem with a third party funding uh, the, the transaction. It's not unethical for someone to ask you to pay 5% for money you can use or not. So yeah, I think it's a perfectly legitimate way to flip REOs and short sales. The one thing that you do need to look out for, however, is that there are some banks and also Fannie Mae that uh, disallow you as part of the contracts for the first transaction to resell that property immediately. In the case of Fannie Mae, Uh, What they say is that you can't sell it within 90 days for more than 120% of what you paid for it. So actually, the transaction I just outlined, where you bought it for 100 and sold it for 120, you'd be fine with that. If you bought it for 100 and tried to sell it for 125, there's going to be a deed restriction in the Fannie Mae contract. So if possible, you still want to assign those contracts. You don't want to uh, close with transactional funding unless you must. But you know what? If you must, so be it. Perfectly good way of doing things. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we will be talking to Mitch Painter about his vast real estate empire. And we will also continue to answer your questions at 772-9658, or askvina at gmail.com. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859 292 7342. And checking on traffic right now. Downtown, an accident on 9th and Walnut. Also, Hunt at Plainfield and Coleraine at Shepherd are accidents. Disableds are no disableds, but we do have some backups north 71 at Ridge to Stewart and Montgomery to Pfeiffer. Norwood lateral slow between Paddock and 75. 75 northbound Mitchell to Paddock and Glendale Milford to 275. And you're on the brake light southbound 75 between Ezra Charles and the bridge and in Kentucky between 12th Street and Kyle's. Weather forecast this evening, a partial clearing. Tonight's low, 38 degrees. Tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high of 60 degrees. And then on uh, Friday, our next chance of rain, a 70% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Just what we need, a high around 65 degrees. Saturday, a 60% chance of rain. And Easter Sunday, Uh, a 50% chance of rain with a high around 78. So uh, the little egg hunts might be wet on Sunday. Right now, we are 51 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Support comes from Charles Vonderhaar CPA. For 33 years, Charles Vonderhaar has been providing a wide variety of accounting, tax, and financial management services tailored to meet the needs of both individuals and businesses. His firm also offers personal services for clients in the following areas, individuals, small business, real estate investors, retirees, and trusts. More information about Charles Vonderhaar CPA at 513 630598 or at vonderharcpa.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. As you know, if you're a longtime listener of the program, we're really trying here to get you good information from folks who actually know what they're doing, who are investing in real estate in today's market, not 10 years ago, who are actively investing, who are going to tell you how to invest without getting yourself into trouble, who are going to give you uh, detailed, who's going to, who are going to give you detailed information about uh, what you really need to do. But I need your help to 
sort of determine what it is that you need to know. So we have posted a survey at realliferealestate.com. Actually, sorry, we've posted a survey link at realliferealestateradio.com. It's realliferealestateradio.com. And if you do me a favor and jump over there for a minute or two and just take the survey, it's anonymous, it's only 10 questions long, and it's going to ask you things about what, what do you most need to know to get your real estate career off the ground, uh, who are some of your favorite educators, um, uh, what, what is, what's holding you back. Uh, I would really appreciate it, and it will give me a really good idea of what kind of education to get to you over the course of the next, I don't know, six months to a year. So... Uh, if you could do that favor for me, I would greatly appreciate it. And of course, that will help you to get the education that you want from real life real estate investing. Again, that's real life real estate radio.com. Of course, fan us up while you're there. You'll be joining about uh, almost almost 5,000 fans uh, there on real life real estate. And uh, that way you will also get the information about what's going on on the show from week to week. So realliferealestateradio.com. Take our survey. We'd really appreciate it. Joining us now in the studio is Mitch Painter, who is the featured speaker at tomorrow night's Cincinnati RIA meeting and is a longtime and very experienced landlord and wholesaler and rehabber and apartment guy and is here in part to take your questions at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. You can also send questions via email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome, Mitch. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, glad you could make it. I know this was a, a tight day for you, and uh, uh, we, were, uh, we were lucky to get you on. Um, let's start out with uh, a little bit about your, and I know it's going to take an hour and a half to cover this tomorrow night, but the, but your topic at, at Cincinnati RIA tomorrow night, collecting 110% of your rents. I felt silly just saying that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, it's uh, it's true. And when I did the totals of the percentages of uh, the averages of what we collect, it's more than 110%. So, um, and I can go into just giving folks, the listeners, you know, some a uh, few tidbits on how we do that. But really, the general approach is uh, starting with a great approach of where you're buying your buildings, the people that are working for you, the, the management, maintenance, leasing systems that you have in place to ensure not only you're collecting 110%, but actually uh, collecting rent at all, uh, being able to have buildings that are in desirable areas so uh, you can get a lot more rents for them. Those are all important parts of, of this discussion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know that a lot of folks, when they get into the rental business, they are not prepared for the fact that many tenants, unless pressed, will not pay that bill. <laughs> and they will, they, will, they will not pay it for months on end if you let them get away with that. And it's like people feel guilty about telling their tenants, you got to pay me, and now you're late, and you got to pay me more. Absolutely. And you, and I tell all new landlords, you know, you have to approach it with systems and very particular uh, um, uh, things in place that you're going to follow no matter what. Uh, being a new landlord, it's very easy. You rent to friends or you develop a relationship with people. And the quickest, the, the quicker you can take yourself out of the, the equation, the better when you have somebody that's accountable for certain results. Uh, that person still has a tendency to develop relationships, but you have policies in place uh, where, for example, um, you know, we have late fees that start on the 5th which are 10% of the rent plus $20 a day. But then uh, on a certain day, on the 12th, we post eviction notices, three-day eviction notices. And it's just standard across the board. Uh, and there's really no ever, really ever excuse for that. So you, you have to have certain things in place that are very clear and outlined that someone's held accountable, whether you or someone else to do, uh, just to make sure that you're firm. But it really starts with screening your tenants well, because if you're not doing a great job at screening, if you're not checking for a criminal uh, evictions, uh, possibly credit, then um, then you're going to get bad tenants in. But if you do that, you're going to save yourself a lot of heartache. Um, you know, without having to, it's it's better to have an apartment sit vacant for a month than it is to get a bad tenant in there and have to deal with all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, very true. Now, y- you say as soon as possible get someone in who's accountable for, I assume, getting the rents collected. If I'm understanding right. you correctly. Um, most people, when they hear that, they think property manager. And when they think property manager, they think, oh, my God, 10% of my gross rents every month. I assume that that's not how 
you're running your particular rental business? Well, I have an in-house property manager who's amazing and uh, is not only a good friend, but she runs our whole business basically, and she's uh, she's the captain of the ship, and she does an excellent job. Um, what people, how people approach it is up to them. Obviously, we have a, a, a large amount of units, so it's easier for us to afford that. So, you know, a lot of folks that doesn't necessarily need to be the route that they go. It could be, um, you know, just a, uh, a leasing agent, obviously, and then you know, a part-time property manager that can handle issues for a small monthly fee. Ten um, percent is extremely high, and hiring a company is not a good idea. There's very few good property management companies. Um, period. So it's better to have an individual that you have tighter control over and that you, that the individual investor can really control. Because if you think you're going to buy an apartment building, hire a property management company and back away, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. So uh, don't make that mistake. But really, leasing and collecting good rents it really has to do with buying buildings that are in desirable areas. I think it starts with that. If you're going to buy a building in a, in a terrible area, you're always going to be fighting getting those units rented. You're going to be willing to rent to people that you shouldn't be, and then slowly that building is going to is going to go down. So, uh, I think that you need to think about uh, investors need to think about the areas that they're buying the buildings in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, <clears throat> there is. There is most definitely a difference between uh, working with uh, tenants who uh, are, are are responsible and and pay their bills versus those that don't. Now, of course, there are both types in every area. <laughs> so, uh, tenant screening. Even I don't care if you own a three hundred thousand dollar single family home you're trying to rent. You still screen your tenants. Absolutely. <laughs> the fact that they've got the three thousand dollar deposit does not make them good tenants uh and and another trick i've heard for folks who um it's just not economically feasible right now for them to have a property manager whether that be a contractor whether that be somebody who's uh, in-house and yet they don't want to be the bad guy they don't want to be the one who says uh yeah you and your four kids i'm sorry you're going to be on the street if you don't pay the rent is uh the phantom partner strategy yeah good guy bad guy sure you know, I'd love I'd love for you to, to uh, take as long as you want to pay the rent. I really would, but unfortunately, that's not an option. <laughs> you know, so yeah, my my partner, he's a real he's an ogre, uh-huh. and and or or you know, I just work for I just work for the property management company, and my boss is gonna fire me if I don't treat you just like I treat everybody else, and you don't want me fired, do you? Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you if you if you're out there and you've got that, God forbid, my tenants are my friends mentality because they're not there, your customers. And you can't make yourself do what needs to be done, which is evict folks earlier rather than later, because I don't know about you, Mitch, but I haven't found that letting people get 30 days behind in their rent leads to them ever being able to catch up. (laughs) I think once or twice they've caught up with us, and that's about it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, seriously, you're like doing them a favor by giving them the notice on the 5th of the month, because then it's still early enough that the whole month's paychecks haven't gone to other things and and they are never ever going to get caught up. So the 110% of rents thing. This is coming from you successfully collecting late fees? Is it coming from other kinds of fees? There's a lot of other revenues that we have. Now, before I go into detail about this, I, I will preempt it by saying that a lot of our buildings are in desirable areas, so we're able to do that. Some of these things are going to be hard to do if you're desperate to rent an apartment. But uh, the way that we look at it is it's like a credit card statement. When a tenant gets a bill, you know, their rent's X amount of dollars, and uh, then these other fees, are those are just, you know, just miscellaneous fees. So, um so we're able able to advertise the rent for a lot less than uh, than what the actual amount is that we get. So, for example, our two bedroom, our average two bedroom apartments rent for nine hundred dollars. Um, owning large apartment buildings, unfortunately, you have the the utility bill that is the landlord's responsibility, and that kills you in costs. So we pass that on to the tenant through a utility fee. So uh, and that utility fee is sixty nine for one bedrooms and eighty nine for two bedrooms, and that includes heat, water, uh, and uh, sewage. Used to include trash, but City of Cincinnati was talking about adding that uh, onto the onto our bill, so we took that off. Uh, cat fees, nineteen dollar cat fees, we charge. We charge a non ACH fee, uh, and then of course late fees and coin laundry. When you add all that up, um, you're getting a lot more than your than your average rent, uh, way over a hundred hundred ten percent. So um, we charge ten percent late fees plus twenty dollars a day for every day after the 5th that the rent's late. But what we also do is we require ACH from all of our tenants now. And what that means is their rent comes out of their account on the first of the month and goes into our account. 
and it's automatically tracked in our software, so there's no um, uh, heavy bookkeeping or whatever. So it's uh, it's a great way for folks, and I'd highly encourage people to require ACH. Uh, so you're not collecting rents, you're not processing rents. Uh, they're automatically posted to your accounting program. Very good. Uh, when we come back from the break, we will discuss whatever Mitch and I want to, unless you have questions. And if you do, you can let us know by calling 772-9658 if you're in the greater Cincinnati area. 877-772-9658 if you're listening to us online, or you can send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Support comes from UC Health Audiology and Hearing Aids. Are you or a loved one struggling to understand conversation in noisy places or frequently asking others to repeat themselves? These are signs of hearing loss, a condition that can easily be treated. The physicians and audiologists of UC Health can give you an accurate hearing evaluation and diagnosis. More information available at 475-8453 today to schedule a hearing evaluation or at ucphysicians.com. And checking on traffic right now, we have an accident 9th at Walnut downtown, also Hunt at Plainfield, Corrine at Shepherd, and uh, backups North 71 at Ridge and the Norwood lateral westbound paddock to 75. South 75 slows up around Mitchell uh, to paddock and then again down uh, to the Brent Spence Bridge. Your forecast this evening, some clouds giving way to partly cloudy skies later to this evening, a low around 38 degrees. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, for the most part, a high around 60. Clouds and some rain developing after midnight tomorrow night, and that's going to mean a wet Friday. 70% chance of showers on Friday, a high of 65. Saturday, a 60% chance of rain, and Easter Sunday, a 50% chance of rain. But highs should be back in the 70s again this weekend. Right now... A chilly 50 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Support comes from Cincy Magazine, the magazine for business professionals, bringing you arts, business, and culture in the tri-state. It also features monthly topical human interest stories. The current issue is on newsstands now. Subscriptions available at cincymagazine.com. That's C-I-N-C-Y magazine.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and my guest today is Mitch Painter, who has become a frequent guest here on Real Life Real Estate. He's a local investor here in the uh, greater Cincinnati area who has has been involved in and continues to be involved in a lot of aspects of real estate investing, including wholesaling, landlording, apartments. I don't think you do too many heavy-duty rehabs anymore, do you, Mitch, after no. that? I try to avoid rehabs at all costs. <laughs> After the big, uh, the big development, uh, <laughs> which which you should probably tell people about, since uh, they were looking forward to hearing it at the last three meeting, but uh-huh. at the last minute, yeah, yeah he, and he wasn't running, folks. He actually he actually had uh, something else to do, but uh, oh, he's got a great how I lost a hundred thousand dollars on one deal story. Yeah, it was a great uh, great lesson. Uh, <laughs> don't buy land to, to for development, and um, you know without without units already sold. It was a development project in uh, a good good neighborhood of Cincinnati, and got caught in a bad time when everyone else did. But uh, you know those are the those are the lessons that we learn and grow from, and those are the reasons why I encourage people to really do their homework and uh, protect themselves and uh, to wholesale uh, more than rehabbing. But um, yeah, it's, we're all going to have those lessons. It's an inevitable part of business. You just protect yourself the best you can and do your homework the best you can. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, we should also mention, I, I don't know why I didn't think of this, but uh, Mitch is the leader of the Cincinnati Area Wholesaling Subgroup, which meets on the first Wednesday of each month at 6 p.m. at the Pig & Whistle on Madison Road. And uh, I know we've got one of those meetings coming up next week. Have you determined a topic for that one yet or i don't have one in mind but i will very soon (laughs) driving there on wednesday he will come up with something brilliant is what's going to happen uh mitch we got a question here via email from doug in pittsburgh he says it sounds to me like your main strategy is apartment buildings i'm curious as to how you are getting financing on those buildings i am being told by all of my local banks that they are staying away from apartments unless they are fully occupied and have strong cash flow. 
Well, Doug, I'd encourage you to reach out to all uh, community savings and loans in your area and work on developing a relationship with them. Uh, yes, it is uh, much tougher right now to get loans on large apartment buildings than it was, absolutely. Uh, you can also find a lot of sellers, uh, some sellers that would be considering holding the mortgage or owner financing or other creative structures. Um, but you have to work a lot harder. It is a difficult time, but it also means that there's a lot less competition. So uh, don't give up the fight. Uh, work on your credit. Make sure your credit's up You know, in the mid-sevens, if possible, and um, you have good financial strength. And you'd be surprised some of the small community savings and loan, you know, develop a spreadsheet, a list of all the ones in your area and reach out to everyone. Uh, piecemealing it here and there, you're going to get no's. Uh, but those no's change, and they have been changing over the last three months, I've noticed. Uh, I've gotten um, people that are saying no before to, to maybe. So uh, <laughs> there are there are lenders, and, and we're speaking to several lenders locally in Cincinnati about refinancing uh, large apartment buildings. And uh, they're open to it, and they're doing it. So uh, I think things are changing, and I think things are looking better. But, you know, that's always a, a challenge. And we just received a question from... If I can get my computer to bring back up Outlook here from somebody in somewhere. <sighs> just, I'm just having, I'm just not having a good computer day today. It is from Anthony in Donora, Pennsylvania. I have the perfect question for you. I've been hearing this concept about co-wholesaling where you're supposed to profit faster. I was wondering what your take is on this method. Now, Anthony, I'm going to give you the ranting and raving answer to that, and then Mitch is going to give you the more reasonable answer to it. Because, Mitch, while you were talking just now, I Googled this because I, I figured I knew what it meant. It's you know, talking about you know getting other wholesalers to sell your deals and splitting the profit, which is fine. But this is associated with another one of those launches. This is another oh, one of no. these are. This is another one <laughs> oh, of another. these. Oh, hey, look! I've reinvented the wholesaling business, <laughs> so you need my course at twelve hundred ninety-five dollars. <sighs> and the reason, Anthony, that you're hearing so much about it right now is not because it's suddenly become hyper popular. It's because there was a coordinated effort amongst about fifty info marketers. Most of which have done very few few deals, as far as I can tell, who are loading up your mailbox with this spam that says this is the greatest thing ever and you should buy it through me because, um, well, I'm not going to tell you this, but the reason you should buy it through me is that I get half the money if you buy it through me. Plus, mm -hmm. there's all these great prizes if I'm the top salesperson. <laughs> and and the 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 oh. <laughs> it's not really that all of your guru buddies have suddenly discovered this <laughs> and 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 used the product and made tons of money because I've seen these launches where the product is not even prepared when the launch happens. The product does wow. not exist when the launch happens and yet we're on the radio. So I will try and be more <laughs> measured in this. But uh, what do you call someone who says, I've, I've used the system, I have the system, it's the greatest thing ever, and they've never seen the system. Mm -hmm. in, in my dictionary, that's called a liar. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is not anything new. You do not need to buy a $1,300 course to learn how to do it because Mitch is about to tell you exactly how to do it in about 35 seconds and you will know everything you need to know about it. So other wholesalers that you know and trust and have a good relationship with in your area might come across deals that you have buyers for or vice versa. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with um, telling them about the deals that you have with understanding and knowing that they're a wholesaler, that they're not going to be able to close on it, but they have a buyer. And I've sold a ton of deals this way by telling other wholesalers about deals I have and they pitch it to their buyer, their buyer close on it closes on it, um, and we both make a fee and everybody wins. Uh, we allow that other wholesaler to mark up the property as much as they want, and whatever they mark it up, they can get the difference. So if we're wholesaling it for 100000 we got it under contract for ninety. They they sell it to their buyer for 110 then we both make 10 uh, at the closing table. There's only one closing, and um, everybody wins, and it's fine. But uh, this is totally different than the scheme and the things that you're hearing about. It's very easy to do it. Um, there's just a couple contracts or a couple assignments. It's not it's not a huge deal whatsoever. It's very simple. Uh, so, um, but don't get caught up with the wholesalers that try to buy your houses that aren't actually going to close on them, and they're making it seem like they are. As long as everyone communicates clearly to to everyone else and everything's then then, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. And you know you might actually want to have a written agreement. Absolutely. That says. Hey, I'm going to pay you. You're going to get paid. It's all going to be good. But it's let's go half a page. I mean, heck, you could put it on a bar napkin. You know, it, it's, it's 
but you can send your check for $1,295 to Mitch Painter, Kara <laughs> Vina Jones-Cox. Oh, these launches. When is it going to end? Um, well, and to give folks, I have some, some things here that I wanted to give folks, uh, different systems that, that we use, and just some things, important things to think about when, when being an apartment landlord. Um, you know, all smart investors realize that it's all about the system you create. So if you're negotiating short sales or you're, you're working all kinds of other deals, invest the time to think about and put into place systems with a property management it's very very important to do that and as mentioned i split that up into marketing systems leasing systems um management systems and maintenance systems um your marketing is very important because it's going to determine how much rent you get and if you're going to be able to have more pick of tenants that are willing to pay your extra fees so you need to have a you need to have an outstanding website that's that's rule number one. All tenants are online now. Um, and, of course, d- depending on what neighborhood and what area you're in, it's going to make more of a difference. We rent to a ton of college kids, so all of our rental, all of our advertising is online, 95% of it. So, um, you know, we do Google AdWords. Uh, we also fight hard to come up in the Google organic search results. Facebook ads, Facebook group, uh, Craigslist, and signs. That's our uh, marketing campaign, uh, in case you're my competitor and wanted to know, it's not that complicated. <laughs> uh, but I think it's important for people to, to, to really have take a multi-prong approach to marketing because even if you only have a four unit or a 12 unit, you want to have as many people ready to move in. Uh, and the leasing system that we have, uh, we pre-lease our, our apartments. So if you have a building that's in an area where, uh, is in high demand, you can reach, reach out to your tenants, you know, six months or before or even more before their lease expires and require them to sign a lease for the following year. If they're not willing to sign that, then you can show that apartment to other people. Um, and then, of course, the software you use is very important. Some of the there's some really good ones out there. Um, you'll pay for the really good ones. It's very expensive, but I encourage you to get at least a bottom of the line software system to track and automate a lot of your processes. Uh, also, of course, your lease, you have to have a strong lease. You have to have a good application. You have to have, we require co-signers. We also require the ACH runner's insurance as well to protect yourself from liability. Uh, but, um, you know, the lease having very specific terms in there is very important to protect yourself as a landlord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, uh, run it like a business. Uh, how many landlords, how many landlords do you buy wholesale deals from, uh, at, at almost nothing because they thought that, you know, how hard could this be? I'll go, I'll go buy a house and then I'll find some nice people who are just like me to move into it. And they will pay their bills just like I pay my bills and they will take great care of the house, just mm-hmm. like I would take great care of the house. And it's three years later and they've got a trash house that they've collected rent on three of the last 36 months. We just bought a house in Clifton last week for 52,000. Um, right by campus we got a great deal on it and it was just because of that you know the people had owned it forever and they owned it for 12 years and at the closing i remember looking across at them just thinking man these guys are just tired (laughs) they just look tired and they don't want to deal with it and um you know the house was of course trashed and if if you're not on top of your game it can very quickly come to that and so you need to have these systems in place to to preemptively handle these things because otherwise uh the tenants will wear you down and they will take uh, they'll take you to the cleaners if you let them. Mm-hmm. And landlording is is more of a business than at least the way most people do wholesaling or retail. I mean, you, do, you do a wholesale deal, you don't like it, you never do one again. You do a retail deal, it drives you crazy, you never do one again. You buy a rental property and you're committed. You're married to that building. <laughs> yes, 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 you are. It, it amazes me how folks will not sit down and and so much as you know go to a 90 minute RIA meeting to learn what they need to put into place and then do it and 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 really their educational commitment is going to be quite a bit larger than that if they're if they truly want to be a landlord and this is even if you only have one two or three properties absolutely and those lessons are going to come in the hard way you know we we've had several lawsuit or lawsuit attempts from tenants falling or uh, uh lead poisoning and, and and it's a scary thing you know and if you're if you're a small person that's putting everything on your on the line you know you're a small-time investor and you're putting down a down payment and then you know you're opening yourself up to a, a ton of liability not just for the building but everything all of your assets you know someone could 
get a judgment against you for a million dollars and then you're paying that off the rest of your life. But in the same breath, let me say that there is a way to protect yourself correctly through LLCs, through proper insurance, through proper leases, screening, to where you can be very successful at it. And not only that, you can create large amounts of wealth uh, by uh, allowing the tenant's rent to pay off the mortgage uh, year after year after year, and eventually you own these assets free and clear. Whether you're looking at a 2,000-unit apartment uh, portfolio or 10 houses, it's this, it's the same idea, and uh, that's that's why real estate investing is so smart. But it's it's not a get-rich-quick thing. It's a long-term, you know, have some longe- longevity. You know, it's the tortoise and the hare uh, thing. So you you really need to have patience and have the proper systems in place. We need to take a quick break. If you have questions for Mitch Painter, give us a quick call at 772-9658-877-772-9658 or send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Support comes from Ohio Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Pain, stiffness, or swelling in a joint, bone, or muscle may be a sign of arthritis, and there are more than 100 types, including osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. Early and correct diagnosis can help treatment. More information about a diagnosis, protecting your joints, and a treatment plan is available at Ohio Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine at 513-985-3700. Well, the uh, list of accidents has been pared down to one. Reed Hartman at Kemper, the only accident on the board right now. We do have delays, though, in the usual spots, including uh, perhaps heavier than usual Norwood Lateral between Paddock and 75. Your forecast this evening, some clouds uh, early on, clearing uh, later this evening with a low around 38 degrees. Tomorrow, partly cloudy skies for the most part, but we'll have some increasing cloudiness as the day goes on. Tomorrow's high around 60, and that'll lead up to a chance of some showers tomorrow night, late tomorrow night, but uh, particularly into Friday, a 70% chance of rain Friday, maybe some thunderstorms Friday as well, high around 65 Saturday, a 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms with a high of 72. And then on Sunday, Easter Sunday, a high around 78 degrees and a 50% chance of rain. And sadly, also a chance of rain uh, expected Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. Right now, we're 50 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and... As Christina gently pointed out on the Real Life Real Estate Radio dot com webpage, my rant about the launches was perhaps a bit violent, and I should retract something. I don't know that most of these people have done very, very few deals. I just, in reading many of their products, strongly suspect that that is the case. So thank you, Christina. And don't forget go, to go to realliferealestateradio.com and click on that survey button to let us know what it is that you really need to hear here on Real Life Real Estate. Uh, it's really going to help with the programming. It's, uh, it's often hard to figure out who 52 guests a year are going to be unless you tell me what it is you need to know. If you tell me, I'll get it for you. Uh, my guest today is Mitch Painter. He is also the leader of Cincinnati RIA's wholesaling subgroup, as well as the main speaker at tomorrow night's meeting. He will be on at the 7.30 meeting. You can, again, get more information about that at CincinnatiRIA.com or at uh, 859-292-7342. A uh, question here from Dan in Fort Wright, Kentucky. He says, Mitch, you're exactly right. I really wish that I had taken some kind of class ab- about uh, becoming a landlord. I am facing a potential fair housing suit. I did not discriminate against this family. They do have five children, but the reason I turned them down was they were going to run a daycare center out of my home. Do you have any recommendations about what I should do? Would you have allowed a daycare center to be run from one of your units? Well, hire a good attorney, obviously. <laughs> um, and and I can't really give legal advice. I, I don't know if the building is in Kentucky or if it's in Ohio. Obviously, 
it might be their word against yours. So if they say, you know, flat out that we were looking to run a day, daycare, then if your building's not zoned commercial, then you not you probably didn't weren't required to lease to them, but uh, they might decide not to do that. But what I found with a lot of people like that is they um, eventually go away, and hopefully your your insurance or hopefully you have an umbrella insurance to protect yourself. But um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Try not to get caught up in the stress of that. I know it can be very, uh, very stressful and difficult to deal with with uh, the potential lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Okay, this one is from Jennifer in, a- in Annapolis, Maryland. She says, "Mitch, this doesn't have to do with renting units, but you sound like you have a good marketing system." I live in Maryland. I have a house that I need to sell in Dayton, Ohio. Do you have any idea how I could sell a house like this long distance without using a real estate agent? And she goes on to describe the house. It sounds like it's a wholesale deal. Well, uh, being to be able to answer that as, as well as I could, you could reach out some, to some local investors in that area. Um, you It just would depend on your situation and how much you're looking to sell it for. Obviously, investors are going to want to get a great deal. Um, but if you just want a quick cash deal, then maybe that would be for you. But uh, you might be able to get more money if you list it with a realtor. It just it just depends on your strategy. It depends on uh, your timing. It depends on the condition of the house and the situation and uh, a lot of variables. Um, you could try to put it on Craigslist as another option. Yeah, she's clearly not going to drive down here and put up bandit signs, but uh, <laughs> Craigslist would, would, would be a place to uh, start. And, uh, of course, there is a real estate investors association in dayton and they have a website and you could probably contact them about the possibility of i don't know putting some flyers to their meetings or something the cheaper the price the quicker it'll go absolutely question from jc in las vegas what is your experience with filing and collecting on judgments from tenant damages in excess of the security deposit in other words for for the listeners in other words you had a $1,000 security deposit, but there were $2,500 in damages. And you can keep the security deposit, but what about the other 1500 It's extremely hard uh, to collect on, on that money. Uh, we require parental cosigners for every tenant that's under 23. So uh, that helps in our process uh, tremendously. But even then, there's just a lot of time. And it's going to vary per your state, what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And then whether or not it's worth your uh, effort or not is up to you. So um, you know, if after the deposit they owe you five hundred bucks, is it worth it? Probably not. Um, thousand, maybe over that, probably. So, I mean, it's just uh, you know, it's up to you. We we have a system in place where all of our uh, uh, evictions and collections go to our attorney, and then also a collection company, and then they go against the people's credit, and um, we get uh, all tenants' social security numbers and all cosigners' social security numbers. So. Uh, we go after anybody and everybody if they don't hold up their end of the lease, and that's got to be part of your system and part of your policy that you require. Uh, but try to avoid those uh, cl- those situations happening, if at all possible, uh, by better screening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a question here from Michelle, who is in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, she says, Mitch, do you do anything along the lines of monthly or quarterly inspections on your rental properties to check for damages and similar things? That's a great idea. Absolutely. Uh, we we have put into place in past quarterly inspections, and we try to hold to that. In all honesty, we don't keep up with that as often as we like, but we are um, often on top of those things. And when we go into a house or apartment and there's damages, we bill the tenant. Uh, if they don't if they don't get their act together, we'll send them a not- uh, notice through email and mail to them and their parents and require that they either clean up or they repair the holes in the walls or whatever it may be. And then if they don't do that within 30 days, we'll go in and do it and charge them. Because what we don't want to happen is a bunch of apartments to go vacant at once and then have to deal with all those uh, t- uh, turns all at once. Um, so we'd like to proactively deal with that. So that's a great question. And I think that it would be a good part of any landlord's uh, system. Okay, this one is from Aiden, who's in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and it's a fairly long email, so I'm going to try and kind of summarize it. Uh, Basically, the question is, apparently Aiden has a multi-unit apartment building, and he has an ongoing pest problem, roaches, (laughs) that uh, he says, we've sprayed and sprayed, we can't seem to get... We can't seem to get rid of the roach problem. Uh, We actually think that it's coming from a single tenant, and can we evict him for that? 
Uh, it's a great question. In most leases, depending on the state, um, the tenants have the right to quiet enjoyment, but when they're actions hurt other tenants, there's that possibility there. But uh, we use boric acid for our roaches if there's ever a roach problem. And I'll tell you, they're one of the easiest things to deal with. You, you should be lucky you're not dealing with bed bugs. Oh, so um, uh, it's really not that bad. Roaches, although they're not very pretty, uh, you can deal with them. So really the food source that continues to be there is what is keeping them around. So that tenant's probably keeping uh, garbage out or not throwing their garbage out quick enough or food uh, cooking sloppily and there's all kinds of leftover food. So, um, you know, deal with that one tenant, get them out, treat the building proactively as often as you can, and um, uh, you can curb that problem. Whether or not you can evict them, you need to consult an attorney in your area, a real estate attorney that knows. Uh, that might be tricky. Try to get some evidence first, pictures, video, um, and then just ask an attorney. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and boy, we're getting a lot of questions about apartment buildings today. Uh, this is from Joe in Cincinnati. Uh, he says, Mitch, I'm curious, do you hold each of your apartment buildings in a separate LLC or entity, or do you have them all into one? Uh, well, we're the new apartment buildings, a lot of the buildings that we're buying now, we're buying with partners, uh, people that put up the money, and then we partner with them. So we put those in separate LLCs, but I would advocate anybody that's buying a large apartment building, um, you know, maybe if it's a 10-unit and up, put it, in a, uh, put it in a separate LLC, absolutely, because if somebody slips and falls uh, and on one building, they can only go after that one asset. They can't go after the other assets, assuming that they're held in separate LLCs. Um, but if you have single families, it's probably not worth the hassle to create a separate LLC for each single family. Maybe you put 10 in each LLC, something like that. Okay. All right. Well, we are just about a minute from being completely out of time here. So I want to remind listeners once again to, uh, if you want to hear about all the systems, I mean, Mitch actually came in here with what looks like about an eight page outline <laughs> that he would have liked to have covered uh, today, but he's going to get the chance tomorrow at Cincinnati RIA. Uh, whether you're a member or not a member, you are welcome. It is at uh, 6 o'clock for the early meeting on lead grants, 7.30 for the meeting that Mitch will be leading, and it is at the corner of Reading and Seymour at the Community Action Agency building in the old Swifton Commons. More information at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com. Uh, we will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Live the memory.